two out of three falls. New two out of three falls. Graham Matthews of Bleacher Report always joining me at WrestleRant on Twitter. He's back home in Connecticut from being in Orlando for WrestleMania weekend. WrestleMania just ended. <laughs> <laughs> Graham, what's up, my man? How you doing? Doing phenomenal, my friend. Doing phenomenal. Yes, WrestleMania at last check just ended 20 minutes ago after a long four-day weekend. But yeah, in all seriousness, that was a long show. I mean, the longest WrestleMania, I'm pretty sure, on the books at not even including the kickoff, but including the kickoff over seven hours, but not even including that over five hours, which is incredible. But it was a really good show, though. Great time in Orlando. Really enjoyed it. Um, my first Mania, I know yours was 29. Uh, which was also a good show. But, yeah, I had an amazing time. RJ was there, too. We were talking about you. He said, need to meet Randy Cruz at some point, so hopefully we make that happen at some point. But, yeah, nevertheless, yeah, Mania Weekend was great. Thoroughly enjoyed the show. Cool, man. So, overall, you had a great WrestleMania experience. I know it was your first time at a WrestleMania, and it's ironic that your first WrestleMania is the longest WrestleMania of all time. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I was talking to RJ after the fact. And um, obviously one of the major cons of these manias, and I think for a lot of people, those in attendance, those watching at home, it's the fucking length. I mean, we talk about robbing three hours every week, which is ridiculous. Mm. This was over half of that, over, I mean, over twice that, which is ridiculous. I mean, being there, it was great. And I mean, I didn't feel as exhausted. I didn't really set in until Monday when I, when I went home and even now. But at the time, I mean, I enjoyed it. It kind of blew by for me. It kind of blew by, but... For most people, though, it was a very exhausting day. It was fucking 80, 90 degrees, mm -hmm. um, so it was boiling earlier on in the day. It was pretty breezy by the end. It wasn't really that bad, and, uh, pretty much like the last three-fourths of the show, um, but it was a very, very long night. The first mania to take place over the course of two days when it surpassed midnight, which is insane, um, but they got to learn that. I mean, they got to learn from their mistakes, and going forward, it has to be a shorter show, hopefully with less matches, because it was a really good show. But I think the major knock on that show is that it was over seven hours long. Now, talk to me about um, NXT. You you did go to that show on Saturday, right? Yes, yes, I was at Takeover too. It was it was a good show. I've been to that was my fifth NXT show. I've been to the two Takeovers in Brooklyn. I went to a live event in, in Lowell, Mass. Almost exactly a year ago, and I went to a, a live event in Boston too. This is probably the weakest. I mean, saying worst is sounds worse than it is but it was probably the weakest I, it, it was a pretty good show all the takeovers were great and this one was no exception right. um, not as good as the two brooklyn ones that i went to but i mean overall it was a pretty pretty strong show though oh uh, and uh, what did you make of the bobby rude nakamura main event and i know we'll get to nakamura in a in a few minutes but uh bobby rude still nxt champion i know the crowd must have went uh crazy for his entrance as well as nakamura's just talk about um, how the environment was for that match. Yeah, it was a great match. Um, I can't say, I got to watch back the other match from San Antonio to say which one was better, but it was still a really good main event. The entrances were probably not even only the best part of that match, but one of the best parts of the show. Um, I think I would speak for a lot of people in saying that tag title match was the best thing of the night, which a lot of people expected. It was great. Um, but a really good main event. Rude's a star, Nakamura's a star. Uh, Rude entrance, Rude's entrance was better. I would say the whole glorious thing with the piano, just right. absolutely incredible. The guy's going to be a, a star night one, like Nakamura was on Tuesday. Rude is going to be a star night one too when he gets called up at some point, maybe down the line. But um, yeah, the environment was great. It was Orlando. It was a pretty good crowd for the most part. Um, and being there, I mean, at least 
I said, I was all the way in the back. I mean, there's really not a bad seat in the house, but we had a bunch of drunk idiots in our section, which was really annoying, <laughs> chanting for the other section next to us the entire time. They were chanting for just a whole bunch of random stuff, not in like CM Punk chants. I'm talking about just random shit. One guy was chanting, suck his dick at one point, which was completely unnecessary and extremely annoying during the main event. And finally, someone said something. I shut the fuck up, which was amazing. But other than that, though, it was a great time, though. And I think uh, the biggest pop of the night, other than, you know, Rude's entrance and Nakamura's entrance and shit, had to be Drew McIntyre in the crowd who was coming back because officially signed back to NXT. I did not see that coming. I think it's a great move. You can fill right in where Nakamura left off. Um, so I'm very glad to see McIntyre back. But, yeah, overall, strong show. Now, for those who don't follow Graham on Twitter, again, he, he's at Russell Rant, and it, there was one video um, that, that you did put up on your Twitter account, and it, it, it was a video of your reaction when the Hardys came out, and I didn't see it until, like, <laughs> I did not see it until the, 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 the following day. I think somebody else had, re, had uh, retweeted it, and I checked it out. And, man, I mean, watching it on TV, the pop was crazy. I can't even imagine how it was live um, in Orlando for the Hardys pop. Um, I, I, I I know how you reacted. You sounded very satisfied and happy. But just overall, were you expecting that for them to come out at WrestleMania? And now the fact that the Hardys are back in the company, how do you see their characters being played out and portrayed on TV where – are they going to go back to, to how they were before they left as a regular quote-unquote Hardy Boys, or do they try to implement what they were doing at TNA? I mean, I think it should go without saying the Hardy's Boys coming back at WrestleMania was by far, you know, far and beyond the highlight of the entire show. I would say the entire weekend, personally. Um, mm -hmm. And I wasn't there for Raw or SmackDown, so. But just for me, being a takeover and WrestleMania and Access, all that shit, best part of the weekend by, hands down, by, you know, by and large, just because, I mean, I think people had a feeling, obviously. I mean, you can hear from the delete chance that people kind of had a feeling the Hardys might come out. But there were a few different points that could have come out. Like, I was filming after the TakeOver title match on, on Saturday, after the Authors of Pain won. I'm thinking, okay, could they come out now? I mean, it was kind of silly to think they'd be in NXT. But you never know. Um, some people thought they might come out at the beginning of the show with the New Day. That didn't happen. So if they didn't come out in that ladder match, that would have been it. I mean, they could have come back on Raw. But to be there for that moment... Like you said, I took a video of it. I put it up on Twitter immediately afterwards. The probably, not even probably, the most viral tweet I've ever had. It went fucking, it had over like a thousand likes or some shit like that. It went crazy and it just blew up in a second. And people were responding to it. Not even like current fans, but it was mostly people, unsurprisingly, who have not watched the product in a long time. And like, I'm going to start watching again. I, love, I fucking love the Hardys. They were my shit. All this other stuff. Because people love the Hardys. Like, even before Jeff became the superstar that he was on his own, the Hardy Boys were a lot of people's favorites back in like the mid 2000s. So the fact they came back when they did, the timing could not have been better. They were the talk of the weekend. It was perfect timing. The pop itself, I mean, it came off great on TV. I saw it back, um, but it got back to my hotel afterwards. I, I've watched it back at least 937 times so far. I love it so much. Probably the greatest moment I've ever seen live, and I've seen quite a few stuff in my time as a wrestling fan in the past 10 years, but this trumps everything. It was incredible. Um, but I thought it was awesome. So, yeah, just in terms of how they'll be presented going forward, it's hard to say because when Matt Hardy came out on Sunday, he was – obviously they weren't calling him broken Matt Hardy, nor did I expect him to, but he was still doing the delete shit. He was still saying, like, wonderful and delightful. Like, he was doing all the mannerisms, which was – just amazing. Like when Michael Cole, I mean, people can give Cole shit 
for everything he for you know everything he calls wrong or not appropriately or whatever. But when he said things are about to get broken, one of the best calls I've heard in a while from him. That was great when I watched it back later. But um, I'm, I'm pretty sure the the lawsuit with Impact Wrestling Anthem TNA whatever is still ongoing over the usage and who it belongs to of the broken characters. So maybe when that wraps up, I think WWE would be dumb not to capitalize on it. And I feel like they kind of know the popularity of it because they were focusing in on the delete chance. It sounded like they told him don't do it because he was doing it both nights on WrestleMania and Raw. So, I mean, Jeff Hardy is going to be Jeff Hardy. He's the same Jeff Hardy he was seven years ago before he left WWE, and that's fine because he's over anyway. But Matt Hardy needs the delete chance. I mean, for them to come back as a nostalgia act and the same old Hardy boys, that's all well and good but I think there's a lot more left in the tank with the broken Matt Hardy stuff. So I really hope they stick with it. Um, they don't have to go full throttle with it yet until they get the rights to it. And this whole lawsuit garbage blows over. But um, yeah, just like I said, hands down the highlight of the weekend. So amazing to see them back and hopefully tag team wrestling can return to the heights that it was once was at. Now that the Hardys are back in raw tag team champions. Were you able to see this video that, that I put up? Um, on Sunday, I'm not sure if you seen it in the last couple of days or whatever, but it was <laughs> these these fans in the crowd at WrestleMania in the stands. One was dressed up as Ric Flair, and one was dressed up as John Cena, and they literally literally had a a, a, a match in the stands. And when I put that video up, just 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 like your video had a thousand whatever. Man, that video blew up, and I'm like, my only caption was, yo, what is this? Hashtag WrestleMania. <laughs> and these fans started to, to quote-unquote, wrestle in the stands while people are, are, are sitting there. And you had someone who had a, a referee shirt on. They were chanting. And I, and I put up there, yo, what is this? And over a 1,000 retweets, a 1,000 likes. And people were like, man, somebody said this match was better than Ambrose and Baron Corbin. <laughs> that's probably accurate. I mean, yeah. That's so and, funny. And, no, I, I, didn't, I haven't seen that yet. I got to go back and watch that, but that would not surprise me. We were walking into the arena outside right as the kickoff show was starting. There was a lot of traffic heading into the arena. The, the, the arena is a dump. I mean, the place inside, inside the arena, the set was amazing. Being, you know, having sat down in the arena was great. Mm. Getting to your seats was a nightmare. The place is an absolute dump. I heard they renovated it. I don't know what they renovated because it looks like a shithole. But um, anyway, so we were walking in. And I don't know if it was those same two guys, but people were having a legit match in the in the in the lines before people were uh, went through the security check and got your tickets scanned and all that other stuff. They were like legitimately kicking the crap out of each other, like hitting actual RKOs on the ground, and they were definitely drunk. I mean, that did not surprise me. It was just so funny. They're dumb, but uh, the Cena and Flair thing sounds hilarious. I got to go back and check that out at some point. Two quick things on WrestleMania. Um... Uh, probably not as important as uh, Taker retiring at the end, but um, you, you get guys who were world champions being either in the beginning of the main card or on the pre-show. For example, you get a guy like Dean Ambrose, right? And he was a world champion just a few months ago before AJ Styles had the belt. And now he's relegated to the Intercontinental Championship and relegated to the pre-show. And you get a guy like Kevin Owens who had the belt for majority of the year. He's now the second match at WrestleMania. And by the way, AJ Styles going first um, 
at the time, I'm like, okay, AJ went second. He, he went on second last year, and now he goes first. But I think in hindsight, looking back, that was probably the best idea they had was to have AJ and Shane be the first match on the card. You know, you the crowd is hot. They're ready. It, it's, you know, basically really hot down there in, in Orlando. And why not, why not start with AJ and Shane? So one with Ambrose, what do you make of... You know him now. Now with the whole shakeup coming on board next week, is he a guy that you look to to see um, go to Raw, or does he stay on, on SmackDown? And what would you take on just the overall WrestleMania uh, card from top to bottom? I think the lineup and the, and the match order specifically, I thought was really well done. To be quite honest with you, I mean, I think no, some people are going to disagree with that. I know Ro- Roman and Taker was one of, if not the weakest match of the night in ring-wise, mm. and it closed the show. But you couldn't have gone off with anything else but a taker farewell. Like, nothing was going to top that. Goldberg and Lesnar were surprisingly great. Yeah. Uh, one of the better matches, if not the best match of the night for what it was. And that would have been a good main event in any other pay-per-view, but you had to go off the air with the way that you did, with the taker retirement thing, presumably, whatever. With Ambrose, yeah, the match really wasn't anything special. I mean, so it probably was better off in the kickoff. Um, but you can never really win. I mean, it was either this or the women's match from SmackDown and people were complaining about that. Like, so you can't really win. And then you also had Naomi winning the belt. It's not like Corbin won the belt. I think he should have, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but you had Naomi winning the title. That was better off in the main show. She got her grand entrance, which you couldn't have done in the light. Now that I think about it, like I was thinking last week, like people are making a big deal about the women being on the kickoff show. It wasn't that big of a deal. But at the at second thought, I'm thinking, you know what? Naomi's grand entrance has to be in the dark. You can't do that at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, so I'm glad they moved that. But for Ambrose Corbin, yeah, it was a pretty basic match. There was really nothing out of the ordinary about it. It wasn't a bad match. It was just kind of boring. Thankfully, they did have a better match on SmackDown two days later. I thought the street fight was a much better usage of their respective styles. It worked really well within that environment. Corbin won. So I'm hoping that leads to a rematch either on an upcoming SmackDown or the Backlash pay-per-view next month. Um, where Corbin can win the belt. But I also fear at the same time they did that to blow off the feud because one of them might be going to Raw, and I really hope that's not the case, specifically Ambrose. I think Corbin is perfect where he's out on SmackDown. Ambrose, I wouldn't be mad with him going to Raw because I feel like they've been teasing it how many times now over the past six months, this Shield reunion, and they can bring them all back together on, on Raw as baby faces. It would give... But then again, people hate Roman, and I feel like they would start to turn on Seth and Dean if they turned them if they brought them all back together. Because maybe think maybe they think that putting them all back together will get Roman cheered again. I'm not exactly sure, so we'll see. But uh, but then if he goes to Raw, then he takes the IC title with him, and that would mean they bring the US title to SmackDown, and Owens and Jericho are still feuding. So that doesn't make any sense. Their match is already confirmed for for payback right. um, later this month. So, and maybe they get out of that because Jericho's leaving soon, but why would you announce in the first place? Like, I'm not exactly sure what they do. So I would keep Ambrose where he is for the sake of the IC title. Otherwise, I don't know why they wouldn't have dropped, have him drop the championship on Sunday, but I, it is very possible we see Ambrose go to Raw just for a Shield reunion at some point in the near future. So now we get to, to, to Raw on Monday, and I know a lot of things happen on Raw on Monday, and a lot of stuff happened on Tuesday on SmackDown, but the main thing coming up, is this whole shakeup that Vince came out and, and announced that um, next week, however they're going to do it, a draft, or we're going to pick five people, whatever the case may be, um, 
they're going to change the rosters up. And I think, I think one that I, I would think, I would think the champions are, or will be exempt from being, uh, from being changed. Your Ambrose, your Kevin Owens, your Brock's, your Randy Orton's, all the tag teams, all that stuff. I think the champions will stay where they at. Now, the big question is if that's the case, and you know, I've been seeing you know the rumors of who's gonna, who's supposed to be going, who's likely going. We, we you know, we can all speculate, but um, who, who in your mind are the main people that are up for changing? I, I see everybody, keep, everybody keeps telling me AJ might go to Raw, uh, New Day and Charlotte might go to SmackDown, Alexa Bliss might go to to Raw, um. And I, I, again, I'm not hearing anything about champions. I think the champions will stay where they at. But are those the main people that you're hearing about moving, or do you think somebody else should be in that conversation to be changing from SmackDown to Raw or Raw to SmackDown? Yeah, I've heard the same thing. Um, I also heard Roman a couple months ago, but as of I think yesterday when I when I heard the follow up on it, that they they kind of canceled that and they kind of nixed that idea of bringing Roman to SmackDown. And thank God, I mean. I, I mean, maybe they're going to do that just to split up him and Brock before they inevitably face off next year at Mania for the belt. I still say they should do it at SummerSlam, but whatever. But um, Roman is way better off on Raw. I just have no interest in seeing him on SmackDown, especially with, like, Randy being over there and Wyatt. Like, we've seen that a million times. I don't know what you do with him on Raw going forward, but I'd rather not have him on SmackDown. But, yeah, AJ to Raw seems like that's been rumored for the past month or so now. I would keep him on SmackDown, but... If you want to move him to Raw, he's going to do well no matter where he goes. I'm not saying it's going to it's going to hurt AJ to go to Raw. I think it would hurt SmackDown. But yeah. if you bring AJ to Raw, then you need like a you need Rollins on SmackDown. You need Rollins on SmackDown. That's the only change that makes sense because Jericho's leaving soon. Roman, I don't think is going anywhere. No written, nor really should he. Um, I don't know. I mean, Joe maybe, but I think AJ is going babyface soon. So you need a top babyface on that show. And Cena's gone for the foreseeable future. Right. So you need more faces on that show. Ambrose is a, is a mid-card guy. So uh, I don't want to see AJ move. And they kind of hinted at him not moving on Tuesday when he planted the seeds for a face turn by showing respect to Shane. Right. So I'm not really sure what they do. But as you said, I, I've seen the, what's been rumored with Charlotte going to SmackDown. I agree with that. Alexa on Raw, I agree with that. New Day on SmackDown, I agree with that. As far as anyone else... Um, like I said, I feel like Joe going to SmackDown would be cool, but I feel like Seth and Joe have their thing going on. You know, Joe injured Seth. Unless they move Seth, unless they move Seth too. Um, I have to look at the rosters, but those are the most. I mean, Sammy going to SmackDown has to happen. That was a that was a fuck up from day one. I don't know why Sammy's not on SmackDown already. And Cesaro too, but they're not moving him because they already have uh. He and Cesaro, him and Sheamus have a title shot as of Monday. When that, whenever that happens, I have no idea. But that being said, mm-hmm. I heard on Talking Smack, when they were talking about it, they made it seem like champions are free to be picked up by either show, which makes no sense. Like, you can't draft the SmackDown tag team champions to Raw. That just right. doesn't make any sense. So I, I think they might be just saying that, but I guess we'll find out more come Monday. Yeah, I, and I, my thing is, I'm trying to find out where it make where it makes sense where if John Cena is not on SmackDown for the foreseeable future, uh, Brock Lesnar is is gonna be there once in a blue moon on Raw. AJ is basically the top guy on SmackDown. Let's say you take him off and go to Raw. Uh, 
There's no John Cena. Then it's like, okay, who are you replacing AJ Styles with? Who are you replacing John Cena with? I know John Cena will remain on SmackDown, but he won't be there for for the for the foreseeable future. And I think, I you know AJ Styles is SmackDown. People, majority of people watch SmackDown because of AJ Styles. Now, if you're gonna put him on Raw with an already stacked roster, if if, if you're gonna put AJ on Raw and, and I'm not getting back Brock or Roman or Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens. Then it's like, all right, they're trying to make Raw once again the power show and not SmackDown. Which I think SmackDown has been the better show, the better product. But you take a talent like AJ. I agree with Charlotte going to SmackDown. It's something new. Or, or even Sasha Banks going there. I have no no problem with that. Alexa Bliss uh, losing twice in a row to Naomi. That might you know, signify her going to Raw. The New Day, either either New Day or Enzo and Cass, I don't mind going to, to SmackDown. Um, I think both teams need to be freshened up and new rivalries and, and all that good stuff. But if it were me, I would have AJ stay on Raw. And now, not the fact that Kurt Angle is the GM and they have a little history of back in TNA. So Kurt Angle may, you know, quote-unquote, I want AJ on, on my show. But... That'll be a big uh, void to fill if AJ goes to Raw because, yeah, you can't you can't replace AJ with just Charlotte New Day and Sami Zayn in my opinion because you need someone in that main event kind of picture and if if he's gone, mm-hmm. you only have Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, The Miz, no Cena, no AJ, and who who's left? <sighs> I mean, yeah, Ambrose and Corbin are kind of mid-card, but yeah. yeah. The first two, I mean, Wyatt and Orton, uh, I really, <laughs> I, uh, I I would like to say they would they should move Lesnar to SmackDown in exchange for Orton just to put a god-awful end to this terrible feud between Orton and Wyatt. This is suck. So I really hope they end that as quickly as possible. But um, yeah, no, I mean, there's really, you can't just draft AJ to Raw and then bring New Day and Charlotte in exchange. Cause, yeah, you need someone from the main event. Currently on SmackDown, like you said, you only have Wyatt Orton, um, Miz. Hopefully, at some point, not Nakamura, Nakamura yeah, too, Nakamura. just showed up. But I mean, you can't just have Nakamura as your top face and nobody else. Like I can't even speak all that well English. I mean, you need someone else. I mean, Nakamura is amazing, but you need another guy. So yeah, hopefully they either keep AJ there or they bring Seth over to SmackDown. So he's the only other one that makes sense right now. Or Balor, I guess, too. But, I mean, Balor seems like they want him on Raw because he was supposed to be the face of Raw, um, you know, last year before he got hurt. Yeah, or or SmackDown can draft Goldberg. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, yeah, fuck you, he's done. He's retired. Joke's on you. Yeah, he he did say never say never. He probably saying, all right, I'm I'm out from Raw. I'm I'm going to, 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 to SmackDown, but I don't know, man. Um. (laughs) <laughs> what, what did you make of Nakamura debuting on, on SmackDown and, and you know interrupting the Miz and his his uh, his uh, thing with Cena and, and Nikki Bella uh, portraying um, portraying them with Maurice and all of a sudden you see this guy with the violin and you kind of know what's up and uh, he didn't do anything he got in there dance and everything I and mean, you know Nakamura is going to be on SmackDown no reason why you have him debut on SmackDown and then get traded to Raw the following week but uh, just. Overall, what was your take on Nakamura finally getting that call up to SmackDown? Surreal. I mean, the fact he was down in NXT for as long as he was, people look at that as a crime. But I really think it helped him, 
You know, I really think it did help him. I don't know if he needed to be down there for as long as he was. Um, but, you know, the story made sense. Like, he came in, he knocked off the best of the best. He held the title for a while. He held it twice. He had a number of good matches with Austin Aries, Samoa Joe, mm-hmm. Bobby Roode, Sami Zayn, Austin Aries. The list goes on and on. So, um, you know, it made sense for him to be down there for that long storyline-wise. But it was time to bring him up. He had done it all. He lost on Saturday to Bobby Roode. I think we all knew he was coming up, either at Mania Raw or SmackDown. Thank God they saved it for SmackDown. SmackDown should not be overlooked in you know, WrestleMania or post-WrestleMania week because uh, Raw got a lot of good moments on, on Monday. I'm hoping you know, that hopefully they have something good for Tuesday and had a number of good moments on Tuesday night. So I was really happy to see that. But I think he's such a perfect fit for SmackDown. I mean, he could very well move to Raw in next week's draft um, and next week's Superstar Shakeup or whatever. But um, he's such a good fit for that show. And uh, the guy is just he's a star. There's really no other way to describe Shinsuke Nakamura than just a, just an absolute star. Um, the, the debut itself was so incredible. It would have gotten a big pop if he just came out to his music, but the fact they brought out the violinist from TakeOver Brooklyn, which I know you were there too because that's where I met you last year, from uh, Brooklyn 2 in August of last year, mm. was just amazing. Like That was one of the greatest entrances of all time last year, so for them to recreate that at, at SmackDown in Orlando, the backyard of where he kind of made a name for himself in WWE. I mean, he was already a star in Japan, but you know what I mean? Like in NXT, um, I thought was just so wise and so well done. And uh, the guy's going to be a huge star. I mean, he was super over night one. I was watching my girlfriend on Tuesday and she had no idea who the guy was, but she was captivated just as much as anyone else was, even not knowing who, who Shinsuke Nakamura was, um, having not watched NXT. So he'll be just fine. But I thought the debut was so well done. And Nakamura misviewed and that's the route they're going in, is going to be absolute money. Yeah, and I think the Miz, the Miz right now is the perfect guy to match up Nakamura with because you mentioned earlier, Nakamura ain't going out there and doing fire promos. That's, that's, that's number one. He ain't saying a whole lot. So the Miz can carry that feud. You know, we're in April, so let's say, let's say they go all the way to, to June or July or even SummerSlam. The Miz can carry that rivalry all the way for the next four or five months just on promos alone and I'm not saying they kind of have similar styles to to a certain degree. It's like the Nakamura is like fighting a, a, a little clone of Daniel Bryan in the you know in the ring. Miz takes Daniel Bryan's moves anyway, so they they kind of have similar <laughs> you know similar styles. So I think Miz is the most perfect guy to match with Nakamura um, going forward. It has to be. I think, mean, yeah, like you said, I feel like the big plus of the seed. I mean, Nakamura against anyone is going to be money. Because Nakamura is a star. But, I mean, him and him and Miz specifically, are, he's going to carry the promos. And it should be so fun to see Miz try to make fun of Nakamura and his style and stuff like that. Like, if that's the direction they're going in, and that's what it kind of got out of that segment. And I thought that that's really smart. And I think it's a great use of Miz. So it's not like, okay, you lost to John Cena in one of the best feuds going to WrestleMania. Now it's back to, you know, feuding with Ambrose or whatever. Thank God they're not doing that. And they actually have a plan for the game. Even if he doesn't go over, and I don't expect him to go over Shinsuke. But um, I'm really glad. It's a great use of Miz. It's a great use of Nakamura. It can be a really fun feud. And, yeah, I just love the way they set it up on Tuesday. Nakamura coming out and just posing for two, three minutes and then just leaving was perfect. They didn't have to have him talk. They didn't have to have him do anything. He made an impression without saying a single word. I thought that was incredible. But, Looking forward to how they uh, kind of play off that feud going forward. 
We're chatting with Graham Matthews of Bleacher Report here on two out of three falls. You can follow him on Twitter at WrestleRant. Um, just bouncing back and forth between Raw and SmackDown. We we finally get Finn Balor back on Raw in the main event tag team match with Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and, and Samoa Joe. Um, one, what did you make of his his return? And the fact that, I don't know if it was done on purpose, but the fact that Nobody on commentary happens to mention that Seth Rollins is the reason why Finn Balor missed a whole freaking lot of time due to the injury at SummerSlam. They just say, oh, Finn Balor's back. Well, you know, welcome to the return of the Demon King and Finn Balor. But now one person mentioned, hey, by the way, Seth Rollins is the, <laughs> is the reason why Finn Balor had that messed up shoulder. What did you make of that? Yeah, no, I've been saying this for weeks. I mean, I said I'd be open to the idea of Balor coming out in, in defense of uh, of Rollins at WrestleMania against Triple H. Obviously, that didn't happen. They saved it for Raw, which I thought was for the better. They kind of focused fully on Rollins and H and kind of Stephanie on Sunday. But yeah, no, I've always said it didn't really make much sense, as global moment as it was, just because it was Rollins who put Balor on the shelf, both in storyline and in real life. So for, I mean, Rollins had Balor's last match when he got hurt at SummerSlam. So it didn't make much sense for for them to really not acknowledge it. And even Rollins, I mean, he was still healed at that point. So it's not like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, after he heard him, the next night's Raw, which I was at, Rollins cut this promo, a dark promo, but I'm pretty sure they put it up on the website or something, where Rollins was like, screw the fans. I have no sympathy. I did it for a reason. I'm so glad he's hurt, blah, blah, blah. And then even though he's a face now, you can't completely forget about that. But I will say, though, even though the commentary team didn't bring it up, I didn't, I didn't expect them to. They should have, but they didn't. Um, I will say it was cool at the end. They didn't really tease tension during the match itself, but afterwards they were reluctant like to kind of come face-to-face and embrace each other. And then at the end, finally, Rollins raised Balor's hand and the show went off the air. So I thought that was really well done. It's kind of the subtle things that the performers did themselves to kind of send that message that the commentators, for whatever reason, did not pick up on. Um, so hopefully we get more from that, you know, angle going forward. Hopefully next week's Raw. So for them to completely forget about it would be dumb. But I thought the performers themselves did a good job of filling in those logic gaps on Monday night. All right. So so kind of take me into the next few months where, where you know, pertaining to Finn Balor, where Seth is going to go with Samoa Joe, obviously at payback, um, in my opinion. Kevin Owens is, is going to fight Jericho. Um Reigns, we have no idea yet. And Finn Balor is just out there chilling, hanging out. So um, kind of lay out how do you – what's the best way to use him now that he's he's back? One, do you, one, do you keep him as a good guy? And I ask that because you still, you still have the club on Raw. Um, you may not even need AJ Styles to go on Raw to form um, the Balor club. You can do Finn in the club. Uh what are their good guys, bad guys? Just kind of, just kind of lay out what would you do f- with, with Finn Balor uh, leading up to SummerSlam? How would you book that? That's the thing. I mean, I feel like right now we're kind of in this weird purgatory where we can't really book anything out because the superstar shakeup next week is really going to switch up the roster big time. I imagine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if like twenty people should be drafted or will be drafted. I hope they aren't. I hope it's only a select few people. Um, and, and not draft a million people like back in the day where literally everyone would switch shows and there was no point to having a draft. <laughs> so that being said, it's hard to say right now where, where people will end up and what's going to happen come SummerSlam. Obviously, we'll have a better picture come next week. 
That being said, I've heard rumors of Balor potentially replacing Jericho in the U.S. title match at Payback because he did pin Owens on Monday. But um, Jericho is, he's not, he's not leaving for his tour until like early May. And the Payback pay-per-view is, is April 30th. So, and if they, I don't know. I mean, I guess if they wanted to put Balor in Jericho's spot, then why the hell would you advertise Owens and Jericho for Payback to begin with? Like, I feel like if they knew that going in, then why would you advertise that? So I hope they don't do the math. I hope they don't replace Balor with Jericho. It wouldn't be the worst thing, but it just wouldn't make much sense, um, at least right now. So I hope they finish out the Owens-Jericho feud, give Jericho his rematch, and then he can leave. For Balor, I mean, maybe this is a sign that he's not going to SmackDown, or that he is going to SmackDown, rather, because they have nothing for him at Payback, and then he goes to SmackDown with AJ going to Raw. Um, but like you said, there's the Balor Club stuff they could play off of. I mean, there's a couple of different possibilities, which I'm excited for. They have a couple of different options, a couple of different directions they can go in with Balor. Whether he's a face, he's a heel, he got a huge pop on Monday, like a mega-level superstar pop. So for them to turn him night one would be kind of silly. Um, no, but I mean, it doesn't stop them before from turning like Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, WrestleMania 17, the company never learns. But um, yeah, I, I, I can't tell you right now, I won't be able to tell you, at least give you a better idea of what might happen come SummerSlam until next week. But uh, let's say he does stay on Raw. If AJ goes to Raw, for them to blow off Balor and AJ at Payback would be just astronomically dumb. So I really hope they don't do that. But um, there's not many other heels on Raw they can pair him with. Unless he faces, like, Strowman or something. But it seems like they're wrapping up Reigns and Strowman. So I'm not really sure because Joe's busy with Rollins. Uh, Owens is busy with Jericho if he stays. So I'm not really sure. I'm trying to think of anyone else. Maybe, I don't know, the club. I'm not exactly sure. So I guess we'll find out. You know, We'll have, we'll have a better idea come next week because as of right now, I'm stumped. What did you make of uh, Kurt Angle being the new Raw uh, general manager? I mean, I mean you kind of saw that coming uh, a few weeks ago, but now – with Mick Foley out the way and, you know, Stephanie taking that bump at WrestleMania, that that, that rode her off TV for, for quite a while. So, um, Kurt Angle, new Raw GM, how do you feel? Timing was perfect. I mean, my biggest criticism a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about it, I mean, Angle coming in as Raw GM was pretty much predictable because you knew Foley was not long for the job. It was really more a matter of when, not if you'd be removed from the position. Angle is such a good fit because he can do comedy. He can be serious. He can be a great face. He can be a great heel. He hasn't been seen on WWE TV in over 11 years. So for him to um, be in that position, I think is great. Very, very smart move. And better than anything else, more importantly, as you had said, Stephanie is hopefully off TV for a while. I think after Mania, her and Triple H going like a vacation. Because she hasn't been on TV after WrestleMania for the past couple of years but she usually takes time off or something like that. So I hope she's gone at least for a month. I mean, in the perfect world, I'd have her gone for good because she has no business being on TV and just completely emasculating every, every performer on the roster. But hopefully, I mean, I think Foley, the problem with Foley was that he was just too damn nice. I mean, Angle is a real badass. He's not going to, he's not going to kiss her ass. He's not going to fall for her shit. He's just going to stand up for himself. And hopefully there's a more of a feud between the two than there was between Foley and Stephanie. Um, but yeah, the, the timing was perfect with Stephanie being presumably written off for a while on Sunday. Angle comes in Monday to replace, you know, Mick Foley. And uh, he got a great pop and he was pretty funny throughout the rest of the night in the, in the segments with Sammy, then doing Cass. 
and with everyone else. So um, I think Angle as Raw GM gets two thumbs up in my book. Looking at the shakeup and as far as the tag team division goes, um, correct me if I'm wrong or if I if I miss out on on somebody, but I know when you know when I read earlier that the New Day was likely the the likely tag team to be going uh, to SmackDown or being moved in general. Right now, Raw has with the addition of the Hardys and the Revival, they have, to my knowledge, seven tag teams. And that's the Hardy's New Day, Gallows and Anderson, uh, Cesaro, Sheamus, the Shining Stars, the Revival, and Enzo and the Cast. So that's seven compared to SmackDown's Usos, American Alpha, Slater, Rhino, and the Ascension. And if, if there's somebody else I missed, let me know. So right now it's seven to four. Who are the most uh, likely tag team from Raw to go to SmackDown? Is it New Day? Is it Enzo and Cast? Could it be? Could it be uh, Gallows and Anderson going to, uh, with, with AJ and SmackDown? Who's the most likely tag team to move at all? Yeah, I would have to say either New Day because they faced everyone on Raw. They held the titles for over a year. So them going to SmackDown would make sense. That would hopefully should freshen up the act. Um, so New Day going to SmackDown would make sense. Enzo and Cass going to SmackDown would make sense. Like you said, the club, they're fine where they are, but them... Um, reuniting with AJ or Balor or whoever on either show makes sense. So them going to SmackDown, I think would be for the better as well. Now that they got the rematch and lost the Hardy. So maybe that was a sign they're, they're SmackDown bound. So that would be, I would not be uh, opposed to that whatsoever. Um, but that being said, I mean, rise, a lot of tag teams, pretty much almost every match on, on Monday night was a tag team match. We only had two matches of the seven that weren't. And that was Zayn and Mahal and uh, Neville and Mustafa Ali. Oh, so we had five other tag team matches with you know the main guys, the tag team guys, the women, which was incredible. More tag team matches in one show than in a long, 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 long time. So that that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. But you know that SmackDown's getting more tag teams or something's going to happen because Raw is just whipping their ass right now, it's bringing back the Hardys and debuting Revival. Yeah. And they have New Day and Enzo and Cass, Cesaro and Sheamus. So that being said. Um, yeah, and SmackDown also got screwed the other day. I mean, not like they were using them anyway, but Simon Gotch got his release from WWE. That means the VOD villains are no more. They were never on TV in the first place. Not like it matters. Mm-hmm. So with them gone, um, as you had said, they had a, America, They have American Alpha and Usos who have had a million matches. I mean, they've had great matches, but they feuded a whole bunch of times. I think it might be time to split them up um, on different shows. But they have AA, Usos, Ascension, Slater and Rhino, Brazongo. Oh. Um, there might be <laughs> one other tag team I'm forgetting. I know Vaude Dillons are done. I think that's it. There might have been one other tag team, but I'm pretty sure that's it. But uh, yeah, and then on Raw, you have all the tag teams that you mentioned. And the Shining Stars, the, uh, or the Golden Truth, too. I guess that makes eight tag teams. So I hope, hopefully SmackDown gets some. Um, if I had to choose, I'd say New Day because they've, they've done it all more than Enzo and Cass have. But maybe both maybe both tag teams because Raw has two top face tag teams already in Cesaro and Sheamus and the Hardys. I don't know if you need all four tag teams. So, um, yeah, th- those two tandems going to the blue brand makes sense to me. And what did you make of one Ty, uh, Ty, Ty Dillinger making his debut on, Smack, uh, on SmackDown and, and the revival on Raw? For Dillinger, a perfect 10 debut, long overdue. The guy's been in the business for over 15 years. I think he's 36 years old, but he doesn't look a day over 29. Um, you would never know he's that old, but he, he's a great performer. I've been. What was that? 36 years old, Todd Dillinger? I, 
I think so. I'm pretty sure. You know what? Wow. I'm going to double check right now while I'm on the phone. <laughs> I read yesterday he was 36. Yeah, Let me say, 36? Old. Yeah, according to Google, he's 36 years old. You'd never believe it, but... No way. I mean, he was a part of the ECW brand, the, the, obviously, the new ECW, from like a decade ago, and he was in developmental before that, so he's been around for a long-ass time, but he's deserved it. The guy's over with the perfect 10 thing. Wow. I don't know if it has a long shelf life, but it got over huge on Tuesday. He's a very good wrestler. I just really hope he does not get the Tyler Breeze treatment where he comes in, they don't really give him much of a chance, and then he's pretty much jobber for life. He's better than, I know he was a jobber in NXT, but he was an over jobber in NXT. Hopefully they give him the chance to the main roster with the revival. I just tweeted this out like an hour ago, but I find myself watching their debut more than anything else from raw this week. And this raw was great. And there was a lot of cool moments, debuts, returns, all that other stuff. But, um, my favorite part of that show is the revival debut. I mean, again, another long over, not, not as overdue, but still an overdue, debut for the revival they can really add a lot to the tag team division either on raw or smackdown one of nx teams nxt's best tandems probably ever if not one of the best tag team nxt has ever had they're just so old school they're so great in everything they do their matches are awesome uh they know their characters like them coming out on monday the crowd knowing who they were going crazy and then like when they came down i think it might have been scott dawson he pushed over that damn popsicle car which was so great. It's like the little things these guys do make them so awesome. So I'm so glad they're on the main roster. So this might be, I was thinking yesterday, this might be the best post-WrestleMania week, like the, the best post-WrestleMania week with the greatest call-ups from NXT. Like in the last couple of years, like last year we had Apollo Crews, which was cool, but it was way too soon. And look what happened to him. We had Enzo and Cass, which was cool. And then Baron Corbin, which was cool. And that was about it year before that we only had Neville and maybe the, like the Lucha Dragons and that was it. The year before that we had Paige which was cool, Bo Dallas who cares, Adam Rose who cares. So I think this might be the best year uh, for post-WrestleMania NXT call-ups with Nakamura, Dillinger and the Revival coming up. So all those call-ups are, are great. And I think Oscar might be, you know, SmackDown or Raw down in the near future. Uh, maybe next week next week Superstar Shakeup even though she's still the champion they can still call her up if they want though. Uh, she hasn't suffered a loss yet, which would be interesting. So, yeah, and I think the call-ups this week were all very well done. I was very excited to see it. So, in your opinion, what's the likelihood of, you know, Raw or SmackDown getting somebody who we haven't seen in a long time? So, um, for example, I read somewhere that Shelton Benjamin is, is pretty much good to go. Could he be in that mix of going to Raw, SmackDown, or anybody else who hasn't been in the company for quite some time? Or do you think it's this shakeup is already is, will only include people who are already on their their respective rosters? Yeah, I think it's only going to include the people that are already on the roster. Um, that's what the draft was last year when they when they brought back the brand split. I'm thinking, okay, they're going to bring back so and so or whoever. And it didn't happen until, like, they started introducing, before Benjamin got hurt, they had vignettes for him on SmackDown. They brought back Mahal after the fact. They brought back Rhino and Kurt Hawkins after the draft had already taken place. So um, I, I don't imagine those kind of people will be brought back in the Superstar shakeup. They might debut at some point later on, um, like Benjamin. I was really surprised he was not on SmackDown this week, but it is possible. I heard someone bring up the idea that maybe his tweet indicating that he was 100% cleared, effective immediately, that he put out on Friday, I think when it was, or Thursday, whatever, um, late last week, might have been kind of his way of telling the company that he was good to go. 
Like it wasn't just him saying that he was good to go. Maybe it was directed towards the company. Like, Hey, you know, I'm good. Like, you know, bring me back or whatever. Cause they left them good terms. And he was supposed to be back last year before he got hurt. And I imagine he is going to be brought in now that he's good to go. It's just really more a matter of when and not if. So I don't think it'll happen in the superstar shakeup, but maybe at some point soon after. All right, and before I let you go, I do want to mention what I thought was probably my favorite. <laughs> Aside from Nakamura and the ballot coming back, my favorite segment on either Raw or SmackDown this week. And you know me, I'm not much, you know, I like, I like SmackDown more than Raw. But Roman Reigns in the beginning of Raw probably cut the greatest promo he ever cut just by saying, it's my yard now and walks out the room. <laughs> And we get the thank you taker claps for five minutes, which was pretty much expected. Um, then we get the the random chance that that, that Reigns got that I'm that I'm not even going to repeat on here. But 15, 10, 15 minutes of Reigns being in the ring, uh, just being oh my god! And he just stands there, he smirks, he he's about to talk, and they tell him you know shut the f up and. And he finally says, it's my yard now, walks out. And I'm like, that was great. I'm like, where was where was this Roman Reigns last year? Where was this Roman Reigns two years ago? We could have been fans of this Reigns for so long. And now it's like, okay, fine. But now my thing is, do you think they keep him on this path where he's kind of like a tweener now? He, he He's sarcastic. He's... He's bold, he's brash, or do you think with the McMahon way, they're going to try to keep him as the good guy and put him up against Strowman's and the Brock Lesnar's of the world? One, what did you make of the reaction Reigns got on Monday? That one line saying, it's my yard, and how do you think they portray him and put him on TV going forward? That was perfect. That whole segment was so amazingly well done. I'm so glad this company is self-aware that people hate Roman Reigns. Like that's why they did the whole Royal Rumble thing a couple of years or a couple of months ago with him coming out at number thirty because they knew that if, if Orton tossed out Reigns, then they wouldn't boo Orton as hard as they then they you know they they cheered him and compared to Roman Reigns, which is why they did it. They're self-aware. They want to keep him face, but they're going to put him in positions to get booed like they did on Monday. So having him take off the show made sense. He just retired the undertaker on Sunday and then milking the crowd for all it was worth and having a drag on for like 10 minutes. I thought it was great. And the people were getting riled up. The chants were hilarious. And then Roman just with the smirk and then saying, this is my yard now dropping the mic and walking off again. Brilliant. I thought it was so well done. One of the best raw segments in years and years and years. I thought it was just perfect. But with Roman again, um, I mean, again, this is the same post-WrestleMania Raw where two years ago he came out as like the, the tag team partner for Orton and Ryback, and I thought he would get cheered after he put over Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, and they didn't get cheered. He got booed, so that was dumb. But at least they're self-aware. But with with Roman Reigns, he was on Jericho's podcast about a week ago. I think it was last Friday, mm. and he's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, it's what he said for the past year, what he said on the post-WrestleMania Raw a year ago. He's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. I'm just a guy. I'm just me. And people can hate me for who I am or whatever. I'm not trying to be a goody two-shoes guy. And he's right. I mean, he's not like what John Cena used to be and kind of still is. And he's like, oh, goody two-shoes. He's just he's just really facing heels. He's not. He, he is a baby face, but he's not 
you know, he, he's not over the top with it. It's not like he's kissing babies and shit like that. He's a face that's just really a face by who he faces, if that makes sense. So, I mean, I think they really should go full throttle with the heel turn. The, the reaction he received alone at WrestleMania and Raw should be indicative of that. But, I, you know, Vince, with the fact that he never changes his mind on things like this, and they really want Lesnar to put over Roman before he leaves next year, that's the way that it's going to go. That's the, been their plan for literally two, three years now, to have Reigns be the guy to finally conquer, finally conquer Brock Lesnar. I don't think that's going to change, but I will say for you know we'll, we'll speak with, about that when we get to it. But in terms of the segment on Monday, I thought it was so perfect, absolutely perfect on Monday night with Reigns and the crowd and everything. Real quick, what's the bigger jerk move, Roman Reigns coming out at thirty in the Royal Rumble, or what he did on Monday? Oof. Uh, I like both. <laughs> in terms of the company being self-aware and then him getting booed, gotta go Monday. I thought Monday again was just. Perfect. The the thing that the Rumble pissed me off because a lot of us were expecting, you know, an angle or a Balor or this guy or that guy Samoa Joe, mm-hmm. and it was freaking Roman Reigns. And that was the only that was the only reason that was done was again for the Orton thing to have him get cheered, and then also set up the Taker thing. Um, but that that pissed a lot of people off. That was like, you know, screw this company. That left a, a sour taste in people's mouths. But on Raw though, again, I, I a lot of people were booing Roman Reigns. But I didn't come out of that segment saying, you know what, screw this guy. I was like, wow, that was that was perfect. I'm still going to boo him. But I'm thinking, you know what, props to this company for getting it right. I thought that was so perfect. So I think a bigger jerk move has got to be, I mean, in terms of just being dumb, the rumble, but in terms of getting more heel heat, definitely raw on Monday. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, I like both. I wasn't a fan of the rumble being 30 for Reigns uh, at first, but looking back at it, it's... It was a big jerk move, <laughs> and what he did on Monday was just, you know, just superb. And you know, all you have to do is say one line, and that's it. And you walk out, and that was perfect. And we didn't see Reigns for the remainder of the night. He probably went home. He was chilling in the back. I don't know what he was doing, but that one line just kind of, kind of set off of how the you know the attitude going forward for not only for him but for for Raw going forward. But um. But Graham, I thank you, man. I appreciate it. You're on Twitter at WrestleRant. Find his work at Bleacher at Bleacher Report. What culture? Hidden remote. Uh, again, follow him on Twitter at WrestleRant. He's also the host of WrestleRant Radio. Graham, my man, thank you, and I appreciate it. Appreciate it, Randy. As always, looking forward to talking to you next week about these superstar shake. I mean, WrestleMania week has been incredible. I mean, yeah. obvious. You know, needless to say, from Takeover to WrestleMania Raw SmackDown, so much to talk about. We talked about it a lot, but it's going to continue next week with the Superstar Shakeup. And I'm happy to say I will be at SmackDown on Tuesday in Boston. Um, I don't think that, I think the Superstar Shakeup is only on Raw. Initially, I heard it was on both days, but it might be only on Raw. I have no idea. I guess we'll find out next week. But yeah, looking forward to talking about it. And uh, as always, Randy, thank you for having me on the show. Great talking per usual, and I'll catch your ass down the road, brother. Hey, man, don't be surprised if you see Sasha Banks on, uh, on SmackDown in Boston on Tuesday. That is true. I have heard, yeah. you know, like I said, with the women, we could see Charlotte on SmackDown. First of all, they need to have Charlotte. We're going to say that earlier. They need to split up those two. That just has to be done. Absolutely. And if so, Sasha can very well go to SmackDown. So that, that there's a very good chance of that happening. Grant, thank you, man. I appreciate it. No problem, dude. I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Take care.